We're on Daf Lamed Tess, Samad Aleph. Today's Daf is Lamed Tess. Get excited. So we're in the middle of the sugya. We just finished the sugya of the Shear of Isaiah. The Shear of Isaiah is actually more than Isaiah because you have to take out the seed. That was a Gemara. So if anyone makes a joke that a Kazayas, after more than a Kazayas, in order to have a Kazayas, it's true. One Zayas is not a Kazayas. It's, it's a Gemara. It's a big one. If you have an abnormally big Kazayas, then it's maybe more than a Kazayas. But a regular Zayas is not a Kazayas. It's, it's a Gemara. It's not a joke. So now, now that we've clarified that point, let's get back into our discussion of what's the bracha on Shlokos. Let's not forget, Shlokos, we had a discussion whether or not it was a so says the Gemara Kitanai. Whether or not Shlakos or Adama or Shahakol is a Machlokas Tanaim, and this is an interesting story. There were two students that were sitting in front of Bar Kapara. He viewed the fun of Kruv, they brought in front of him Kruv. Kruv is a. Uh, what do you make? Cabbage. Dolmuskin. Dolmuskin is a discussion in Rashi what Dolmuskin is, whether it's some kind of grassy, leafy vegetable, or it's prunes. Pashtas, it's a leafy vegetable. Upargios. And young chickens. So, Nasan Bar Kapara Rishus the Echad Behen Levorich. Right? Bar Kapara gave one of them the permission to make a brach Rishena for all of them. So, Kafutz, he went ahead with asking what he should make a brach on first. He jumped. Ubiri Chalapargius, the guy who gave permission to make a bracha, one of the students. And he made a shahakol on the Pargios. So Liglov Olav Chavero, his friend laughed at him. <laughs> you made a shahakol on the, on the chicken? So Kas Bar Kapara, so Bar Kapara got upset. Amar, I'm not upset at the guy who made the bracha. I'm upset at the guy who laughed at his friend. If your friend is like a person who never tasted fleshings his whole life, how come you got there? You're laughing. He should make a bracha on the chicken first. How come you laughed at him? So then he says, Then Bar came back and he said, I'm not upset at the guy who laughed at his friend, but I'm upset at the guy who made the bracha. He says, He says, If I bar kapara, you don't think I'm smart enough to ask what you should make a bracha on, fine. But zikna inkan, at least I'm old, I have some experience in life. So it could be I'm not a chacham, but at least ask me, I know what I'm doing when it comes to brachos. And you don't know what you're doing. And it was taught that both of them, both of these talmidim, didn't live out the year. They both died within that course of the year. Yeah? Now. We want to know, after we had this incident with the two students in Bar Kapara, we want to know what was the machlokas between these two students. Wait, what, are you, what are you giving Rishos to be allowed? To make a bracha, Rishayna, for everyone. So, what you did wrong, you made the wrong bracha, Rishayna? As it seems like. So, let's, no, which one she, the Kedima, which one she ah. make a bracha on first? Oh, that's what they think. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, my love, is this not what they were disputing? The Mavarich Savar, because the Mavarich thought, Shlokus of Pargius, Shahakul Niabid Vori, that both the Shlokus and the cooked vegetables and the Pargius and the chickens were both Shahakul, Hilkach, and therefore Chaviv Adif, it's more preferable to make a bracha on that which you like more, 
Umelaglik Savar and the guy who left him thought Shlokas Prepyadama. He thought the bre the Shlokas are Brepyadama and Pargi Shakal Nebidvaru and the chickens were Shahakal. Hilkoch and therefore Pira Adif, it's more preferable to make a bracha on the pira on the and the vegetables than as much as they have a more unique bracha. And therefore that would be a machlekes tenayim, whether or not you make a shahakul or a brei priyadama on shlakos. Pira is the, fr- the vegetable, the fruit of the ground. Because so the since they're both shahakul, you make a bracha on what you like more. So you see from here precedent that when they're equal brachos, you make the bracha on the chaviv. That's what you see from this corner. That precedent's true. The discussion is, we have a, a discussion now... What happens if they're different brachas? It seems like if it's a more unique bracha, then you should make that more unique bracha first. That takes priority over chaviv. That seems like he, maybe he would also agree. Just either was a disagree. At this point, the disagreement is in what is the bracha. Would the fact that he's making one bracha covers all imply that they all are the same bracha? That's what the Gemara claimed. That's what the Gemara claimed. So why did the other guy? Oh, he laughed at him. He thought they had a machlokas with the brachas, on shlokas. No, he laughed at the guy who made the bracha. But the rav was the guy who said it's all the same bracha? No, that was Barakapar Bar- 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 and he had both of them. I know he showed, not following. The, the guy, the, there was one guy, he made a shahakul on the chicken. They were upset. Why did you make a shahakul on the chicken? You should have made a bread piyadama. On the shlokas. The Gemara says the reason he made a shahakul on the chicken because he thought shlokas is also shahakul. But who gave him Rishus to make it? Bar-Kapara gave the guy Rishus. So was the guy laughing? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go over with you afterwards. You're not... We have to go over the Gemara again. Yeah? Does it imply that like, the, the Kruv and the Marcia are Shlakut? Like, they they could not be stopped vegetables. Like, what happened to the Kruv? Oh, it's cooked. That's what you're asking? Kruv is also cooked, correct. So Kruv and the Marcia are definitely cooked? Correct. So the Gemara says, Lo, it's not true. It's not a machlik, it's whether or not a shahakul adama for shlakus. The kuliyal mashlokus of pargia is shahakul nebidvaru. Everyone agrees that both the shlokus and the pargias are shahakul. The hacha behai svara kemifligi. And here they had a machlikus regarding this svara. Marasavar chavivodif, the one who made the bracha on the pargias, not chavivodif, and therefore he made a bracha on the chicken. Umarasavar kruv odif, and the other person thought that the kruv, that the cabbage was pre- preferable. Design because it provides sustenance, and since it provides sustenance, that would be a reason why the bracha, why even though, even though it shares the same bracha, it's a reason why you should make a bracha on it as opposed to the other food. The chicken. No, no, it's not sustenance. Here. It's like shahakal. It's like a, it's a, it's a more. Uh, it's the same bracha. It's the same bracha. It's a neutral bracha. It's like a bracha. Oh, this is the same bracha. It's the same bracha. We more filling than why cabbage isn't? I don't know, assuming. It's yeah, it's a Gemara. The Gemara says that Kruv uh, is Zillion. Then down on bees. I'm Reb Zira. I'm Reb Zira. When I was in the base Midrash of Huna, I'm alone. He said to us, Hani Gargaldi de Lifta. He said, These turnip heads. Yeah, the head of a turnip. I think it's a turnip. Lifta, gargildi, the heads, the lift of turnips. Parminu, if you chop them up, a prima rabba into big pieces. Barepri hadama, the brach is hadama. Prima zuta, but if you cut them up into little pieces, so then, shahakul niabidvaru. You make a shahakul. 
Now, the reason you make a shahakal is not because you blended it, like the Truma Sadashin. The Truma Sadashin is talking about a case where you totally blended it, and here it's talking, you chopped it up. Here, Rashi explains that we're talking about a case where when you chop it up, it actually makes, it like ruins the vegetable. I guess it loses its composition. I don't know exactly what it is, but sometimes if you chop something up too small, so we can ruin it. Yeah, that's what it ruins the flavor. Was that like any time you chopped it up before? Eh? The flavor was just small, unrecognizable. It was four. It was bigger chunks. No, I was like before when we said that you chopped it up. What was the problem? You lost it. You couldn't recognize it. Right. Correct. 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 And when he got to the base midrash of Rabbi Yehuda, Amalon, he said to us, Both the prima rabba, if you cut into big chunks, the prima zuta, if you cut into little chunks, is a very priyadama. Yeah? Then you make a very priyadama. And the reason you might chop it up into a prima zuta, into a smaller chunks, it sweetens the flavor. I guess when you have more surface area exposed all around, so that somehow increases the amount of flavor that it can give. There was dafka, that was dafka regarding to lefis. I don't know if this was talking about lefis. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It sounds funny. Right. Both small pieces, but one guy says it loses flavor, one guy says it... Yes, yeah. Yeah. It's a funny, it's a funny just taste it. it doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah. Maybe. 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 It's not blended, it's chunks, it's still recognizable. So here he's, Rashi said the reason would be shahakal because it, it made the flavor worse. It's not because it's not recognizable, it's not like the Truma Sedeshin, this is a nudin, that when chopping it up, it somehow ruins the, the flavor of it. Correct. Amr Rashi, Kavinim Beirev Kahana, we're in the base Midrash of Kahana, Amr said to us, Tabshila de Silka, if we take a cooked item of Selak, Selak again, we had. These different things. Rashi keeps saying terid, trodden, spinach. Selik pashtus means beets. Different Mishnahs say different things. We have this tavshil of selik. To the mafshabah kimcha, if there's not so much, there's not a lot of flour in it, then pri adama, then you make adama on it. The lefta, but if you have a turnip, the mafshabah kimcha, there you put a lot of flour into this, of this item, this pancake, I guess, of turnips. You put more flour into it, then Bereimi name is Then you make a Mazainas. That was his original statement. So one second, so one second. I get, the Havamina, the Havamina is because it was just different types of vegetables. You made, the menu was the, the recipe was different. That's a left Lefes is a turnip. One second, one second, one second. Wait one second, one second. To make a, to make a, a, a food, it was a recipe. It was a recipe. It was a recipe. Huh? Mafshi is increase. Yeah. They have a lot. One second. They, increase, they put in more. They increased more. Vahada Amar, but then he retracted and he said, Both of them, both of the Selek and of the turnip, is a Brepri Why? 
The reason that you had to put more flour into the turnips is the buki ba'alma avdila. Just in order so that it would keep its consistency, that it would stick together. That buki is stick together. This is, this is, I understand. I understand. So the din of kolsha, this, this we would see, this Gemara is ex- revealing an exception to kolsha yeshbol. That kolsha yeshbol is when you have mezunas in the combination, in the terevis, for because you want the flavor of the mezonos. But here, when the whole reason why you put the mezonos in is just to get the pieces to stick together, then that wouldn't fall into the precedent of kolsha yeshbol. So for example, if I was to take ground beef and put eggs and ketchup and salt and breadcrumbs with the brigand beef, and I would make a burger. That's how I make burgers, right? So if I'd make a burger, I would make a shahakol. I call shiyeshbo. The answer is, since the breadcrumbs are only there to give it a consistency so that the meat sticks together and doesn't fall apart, therefore, I make a shahakol. The dinu kol shiyeshbo doesn't apply. Through. You threw it in. What? So now says the Holy Gemara, Amar of Chista, Tavshel Shel Trodin. Now that we talked about these, this Trodin, right? At least according to Rashi, that's Silka. Yeah, according to Rashi. Yeah, so according to Amar of Chista, Tavshel Shel Trodin, this food item made out of Trodin, Yafel Alev, it's good for your heart, Vetub Leinayim, and it's good for your eyes. The Kulshakin, the Bnei Meayim. Huh? I thought it was spinach. Beets, spinach beets. I don't know. I guess they just want kids to eat. All the more self here, Bnei Ayim. All the more self here, Bnei Ayim for your intestinal tract. Amr Abaye. Abaye says that this is only true with a certain condition. It has to sit on the Beitapi. The Beitapi is what is what's it called where you put your pot on? Stove. On the stove top, and he sits on the stove top, and you boil it up. So you hear a sound going, tuch, 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 tuch. Right? You have to boil it up so that it becomes like melted, melts into the water. It has to like disintegrate into water. Yeah. The, this, the, the children, correct. To have these positive effects, the positive health effects. So now, Amir of Papa, now once we've explained this, once you've explained that this, uh, the benefits of cooking the vegetable like this, excuse me, so I'm going pump up it's obvious to me that my desilka kisilka, that when you, the water that you boiled it in, even though it might not have actual pieces of the vegetable in it, since it was so imbued with the flavor and you wanted to actually disintegrate the vegetable into it, so there, the water of that selik is kiselik, and you make a brepri adama, even on the broth. The water of a lefis of a turnip is the same thing as a turnip. You make a brepia dama. And the water of any kind of cooked vegetable is like a cooked vegetable. Now, this is a big discussion. This is a big discussion in the Rishonim. The Rush has five different conditions that when you make a brocha on a broth, when you would make a brepia dama, even if there's like a, a vegetable broth, even if there's no vegetables in it. But there is such a concept that on a vegetable broth, even if it's totally strained, you would still make a brepia dama. And it's coming from this Gemara. Yeah. Why don't you give me three examples and then tell me that any vegetable... I give you two examples. Or, yeah, but then they tell me that every vegetable works. Yeah, because those are the two that the Gemara is just talking about. 
So I assume that it was just coming off that Kamara. We were told you that don't just think this is true regarding these vegetables that were aforementioned, mm-hmm. but rather it's true even about the broth that they can be derived from them. And just don't think that this is actually an exhaustive list. This is true by every vegetable. That's why I assume the presentation is. We're starving everyone from just eating beets that are cooked. Maybe you could do it. Adarabah. They'd be very healthy. I think, I, think, I think it's not normal. Exactly. Hashem created a variety of foods in the world. And therefore, everything just needs balance. Like the Rosh Hashiva Shlita says. I eat beets once a week. Bite of Papa. Sha, sha, sha. Yeah? So now we have a new. We have a new. Discussion. Bayer of Papa. The Papa had a question. What's the bracha of the water of Shivsa? Shavas is some kind of a vegetable or some kind of a spice. Uh, I'm not sure that's true. I don't think so. That's the truth. We'll see, we'll see momentarily why I don't think that's true. But I don't know what Shavas is. If anything, I would have said it's more like... Uh, what do they make? What do they make licorice out of? But there's a uh, anise. Anise. Yeah. I would. I would think. I would. That would, if anything, I would think it was more like an anise. That was a discussion of the Gemara. Say that. But the Gemara. The Gemara. Yes. Yeah. The Gemara says the water from Shavas, whatever it is. My, what bracha do you make on that water? Lamtuke. Lamtuke. Taima of the. Did it make it, did you do it in order to sweeten the flavor? So if you said dill, that's very hard <coughs> to imagine that's true, right? You do it to sweeten the flavor. Did you do it as a means for the extra, like, you know, the stuff that is in a soup that you don't want to eat, that little kids get nervous about, like those things floating in the soup? The floaters. Whatever the floaters are. Yeah? So, what I, yeah, so maybe you put them in there just as a means of cleaning out shop. You had to get to, so it's, all that stuff would cling to the, it would cling to the shavus, and therefore you'd be able to get it out. Wait, the, the, the floaters cling to the shavus. That's what, it, yeah, okay, that's the We could translate it word for word. Yeah, my the shavus, the water of this fruit called the shavus. My, what's the bracha you make on it? Nemtuke to sweeten time of the flavor of the you did it. Oh, or lavure to remove zuhama, the grossness of the you did law. You put it in. Yeah. Tashma, so now we're going to bring a proof. We're going to Tashma proof. A shavis, the shavis, this this root vegetable, whatever it is, Mishanitna, when you put it in, Tambe Kadeira, once it gave a flavor to the Kadeira, Inba Mishun Truma, there's no more din of Truma, meaning when it was a when it was a vegetable, when it was a separate entity, it was Chayv and Trumas. But once you've absorbed it into the water, it doesn't Chayv and Truma anymore. Ve'inet Tamatami Tumas Eichlim. And it's not... Considered tumas eichlim, meaning it became bottle to the pot. Now, if it became bottle to the pot, that means that it became part of the tarevis. So, if it's just to remove zuhama, it's not part of the tarevis, it's just a cleaning agent. So, shmamina, so you can derive from here, them, tuke taima avdila. The reason you put it in is to sweeten it, shmamina. It's a true derivation. Yeah. There's a pot. There's a pot. So, so what's that prove, though? It proves that the reason you put it in. Huh? What prophet you made? Rebbe Adama? If it was just a, I think it's likely to be a shackle. Correct. Why can't it be that it can be part of the Torahs and uh, also simultaneously catch the floaters? Don't know. The Gemara wasn't willing to hear that. 
If you have dried bread in a bowl, yeah, the dried bread is very dry, you put it in a bowl, you make hametzi on it. And if you disagreed on this dried bread, you don't make hametzi. Why? Because Rebchia said, that you have to make hametzi, you can only make hametzi when you're cutting the bread from the loaf itself. But if bread was already pre-sliced, then you don't make hamotzi on it. Is tichel like cutting? Uh, tichel is to finish, really. To, to finish the bracha with the bread. Meaning to say that part of the hamotzi is that you necessitate a full, a full loaf. You only make hamotzi on the full loaf. It was sliced already. You don't make hamotzi. Wild, right? I don't know. I say so. Shocking. Shocking, right? So if you, if you like a loaf of bread, if Michael's, according to this, if Michael, yeah. uh, Michael piece of bread, right, that he cuts off and it has that big bowl of chari, take that piece of bread, you should make a mozi on that? According to Rukhiya, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. I'm holding my bowl here. We'll see. On the, on the next Ahmad. So, Maskif Lerava, Rava challenged this. Maishnot Snuma Deloi. What's the reason you don't make a mozi on this Right? Because when you finish the bracha, the kalia bracha, you finish the bracha, prusa, on the sliced bread, kakalia, you're finishing it. Al pasnami, tznuma is the dried bread. It was already sliced. It dried out because it was sliced. So al pasnami, so on bread also, kikamra, prusa gamra. Even if you had a whole loaf, when you finish the bracha, it's on a prusa, because the assumption is that you cut the bread first. You cut the bread already before you made the hamaitzi, and therefore... There's no difference between a fresh loaf that you cut right now and a tznuma that you cut in the past. Prusa is fresh. Prusa is sliced. Right. So, Ela Amir so it must be like Rava said, first you make the bracha, and only once you make the bracha, that's when you cut. So, according to Rava, you actually make a bracha on a shalim, you never cut it in the first place. Once you made the bracha, then you would say, and then you cut. He's asking if the point is that you can't, you have to finish the bracha on a whole loaf. Who cares if it was already cut days ago, and who cares if you're cutting it right now? But the bracha ended once you already cut it. So if we brought Rava to say no, first you make the bracha, and only after you make the bracha, that's when you cut. The assumption was that you would cut beforehand. That way, you would be able to eat the bread quicker. So does that have a hefsake between when you made the bracha and when you ingest it? Why do you want to make a bracha on the whole thing but only you eat a part of it? That's fine. We're going to see, yeah, sure. If you make a bracha on your soup and you don't finish a whole bowl, it's fine. But it's not, you can intend to eat a whole piece of bread. Yeah. I don't know if it's better. Okay. I'm going to eat the whole loaf. True. When they went like a they wouldn't make a meat unless they had a whole loaf. Rabbanan Abdi Karova. But Rabbanan made like Rava. And they would make hamitzi, and then they would only cut afterwards. Yeah. Rav Chia was cutting. He would finish the bracha with him finishing his cut. And according to Rav, he would make the bracha and then he would cut. He passed like Rav. That's what it seems like. Let's see. Let's see. But Amir Ravina and Ravina said, Amr and he said to me, 
Your father do like Reb Chiyad, I'm Reb Chiyad, Sarech Shetikla Brachim Mapas, you have to finish the Brach with the bread. Rabbanan Avdi Karava, and the Rabbanan Dei Karava. Hilchasa Karava, Damavarech Archar Kach Vitzaya. Hilchasa Karava, that we so say, that you make the Brach and afterwards you cut. So we see here, it's an interesting Machlikas. Lamaisa, we finish the whole Bracha, afterwards you cut, and that way you have a, made a Bracha on a whole loaf. Now practically speaking, what we do is, on if you ever have a loaf of bread that you're cutting, not on Shabbos or Yom Tif, then what you really should do, like Malav Malka or something, if you have like a challah or Malav Malka, so then you cut it, right? You should cut it. Because there you don't need a shalim. There's no din of shalim. You cut it. And that way that you cut it, nice way, so it's still connected to the past, but whatever. You make the bracha and then you just rip it. So that way you don't have to cut it afterwards. Yeah? Fine. Itmar. It was stated, and that's still like rabba because it's still mechuba to the to the larger loaf. Yeah, but you said you said you said you first pass on the chalotzer. Correct. So that's it. So, so well, it's not considered halachically. It's not considered betzia if it's still connected to the bread, where it won't fall off if you pick it up. If you don't fall off, but you're planning a sandwich, is it preferable to do what you're saying on the fall off, or you no. make a sandwich and then yeah, okay. yeah. Halacha say yeah. Itmar was stated, It was brought in front of them pieces of bread that were not part of a loaf, and shleimen, complete loaves. Right? So we have two options. Either we take bread that was chopped up, like that bread that we had today for lunch, right? Petitin. Or you have shleimen, or you have a whole loaf. So Ravuna claimed, First you should make a bracha on the petitin, on the cut up parts. And then you put this ashlaman, and then you'll go ahead, and you'll go ahead and patter the shleiman through that. And that's assuming that the petit and mustama are bigger. Rashi speaks out, because if they're not bigger, what's the benefit of making the bracha on the petitin? So here, then the shleiman. Rav Yochanan Amar shleiman mitzvah mina muvchar. Rav Yochanan disagrees. He says the best way to make the hamutzi is on a shalim. But he has a distinction. If we have a sliced bread that's made out of wheat, and we have a full bread made out of barley, then everyone agrees that you make a bracha on the wheat, even though it's already cut, that was made out of wheat, and exempts that of sa'urin. Because since chit is a more refined type of food, it's a better food, so since the food's qualitatively superior, therefore, even if it's paros, the qualitative superiority trumps the advantageous aspect of being a complete loaf. And therefore you make a bracha on the wheat as opposed to the barley. Yeah. Do we have an order of the five grains of quality? <sighs> we just compare two. Yeah, I don't know. Let's say I prefer uh, maize. Don't know. Maize is anyways uh, is shako. Trying to think of a oat spelt. Yeah, that's Spectrum, right? I don't know. I don't know. That's true. You're saying a svara. Maybe a svara is right. Maybe not. You have to arrive for such a svara to pass an halacha like that. Lay down. I don't know. It could be. Are you saying it's true? I just don't know. 
I'm going to be Yirmi Ba'ava, so Yirmi Ba'ava said as follows. It's Ketanai. This dispute is a Machlekes Tanayim. What's the Machlekes? Turmin Batzal Katan Shalim, Avalei Chetzi Batzal Gadol. According to the Tanakama, if I want to take Truma, I always want to take Truma. There's a discussion if you want to take Truma mean a Yafer or from a Shalim. So a Yafer is considered the bigger the, the onion was, the more Yafer that it is. So here, the Tanakama holds that you take, it's better to take from an onion that's small but whole, so even though it's not Yafer, it's a mile of being a Shalim, but not from a Chetzi Batzal, which is Gadol. So there it has the mile of being a Yafer, but it's Paros. So here you see that according to the Tanakama, you see that if it's not Yafer, but it's Shalim, that's a mile. So that would mean, Kilo in our case, it would translate as a Shalim of Sa'urim would be better. Rav Yehuda, but Rav Yehuda disagrees. No, it's not true. Rather, you should give from the half the piece which is from a batzal gadol, because there it's yafe, and even though it's a parus, even though it's cut already, that's a better way to give truma. And therefore, he would be of the opinion that if it came to chita that was parus, that's better than saurin that was shalim. That's the gemara. So my is this not the the kudas the point of dissension? One holds that chashiv is better, and therefore you give the batzel gadol, even though it's cut. And one holds that, that if it's full, it's better. And therefore you give a small one, even if it's... Even if it's... Not full. Even since it's full, I'm sorry. Since it's full. You give a small one since it's full. Now says the Gemara, In a case where there's a coin present... And you can give him the truma right away. Everyone agrees that you should give him half a big onion. Right? Because since he's present, he can get hanol from that half an onion right away. And therefore, give him the best one. Kipligi, the, there's an argument between the Tanakam and Rabbi Yehuda, the leka kohen. It's specifically when there's not a kohen present, and we're going to have to hold on to it for him, and he's going to eat it at a later date. Why? Ditnan, because it was taught... Whenever there's a Kohen present, first you give Truma from the better quality fruit or vegetable. Whenever there's not a Kohen present, then you give Truma, you separate Truma from whatever is going to last the longest. Because since the Kohen's not present, so you separate Truma from whatever that's going to last the longest. So that way, hopefully, by the time there's a Kohen, you can give it to him. And therefore, if it's Shalim, obviously something which is Shalim and not cut into is going to last longer than something which has already started to be taken apart. And Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, He disagrees, you only give Truma from the Yafeh. And therefore, since the Godel is more Yafeh from the Katan, even if it's not going to last as long, nonetheless, you still separate Truma from the Yafeh. What do you ask, Rafi? Is it assuming that you're cutting it like right there? Yeah. Because I'm saying even if you cut, let's say you cut it before, but now it's truma time. Same thing. But no, I'm saying it's truma time then, so the guys right there when you do truma, it was cut way before, so it's much like. Whenever you separate truma, you should separate from the yafeh. So if you're separating truma, there's a kohen there, and that's called there's a kohen there. Everyone agrees you should give from the yafeh. I'm saying maybe. Okay, maybe something that's yafeh, but it's less fresh because you cut it before. So that's, that's the machlokes. I'm saying the issue of the freshness, but that's. The machokas is when you do truma. Right. When I give, if it's cut before you do truma, then it will still be less fresh. And, but the kohen's right there. So you is it edible right now? Okay. 
If it's not edible, you can't give it. You you you, se- you can't separate his truma if it's not if it's not edible. Well, the issue isn't like freshness; it's just edibility. How, what quality? Right? Is that, if it comes from a bigger onion, it's presumably a better quality onion. So, according to I guess the Tanakhama, the Mishnah, are we saying let's say that uh, I have a big piece, right? And two days later, it'll be stale, or I can have you know a really small hollow, but it'll be fresh. Does that make any difference? Like what if the what if the Kohen would be more willing to have a the, the, the previous Gemara is not talking about Kohan, and the previous Gemara is talking about you. You want to make a bracha on a and you have two pieces of things in front of you. So making comparison, the same way the Machlokas tonight regarding Truma, what's a better, what's more significant regarding Kadima, regarding I don't know, even English prioritization. So then, is that the quality of the food, or is it this the sustainability of the food? Whatever it is, the completeness of the food, which aspects take priority when we come to do mitzvahs with them? And so however you hold regarding truma, the Gemara is suggesting that was the point of dissension between the, the case over here and whether or not you make a bracha on the shlema of Sa'urin or the prus of chitin. Amr of Nachman bar Yitzchuk. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchuk says something interesting. Yerushamayim fulfilled both. Umanu, who's that Yerushamayim that fulfills both? Mar Brei de Ravina. Mar, the son of Ravina. Now, what did he do? The Mar Brei de Ravina, because Mar Brei de Ravina, Maniach Prusa, Betulchashlema. He would take this broken piece of bread made out of wheat flour and he would put it underneath the complete bread that was from Sa'urin and he would hold them together and he would make a bracha on both of them. To put it underneath. Put maniach, place a prusa, the cut, betoch underneath hashlema. The complete one, because he fulfilled both opinions. He had a and he fulfilled both days. Right. He, wanted, he, didn't, he didn't want to leave a chance for not doing the right thing. Tani Tanakamadir of Nachman by Yitzchuk. It was taught. And it was taught in uh, in front of Nachman Yitzchok that that a person should put the same thing. They should take the the sliced bread, put it underneath the complete bread, the sliced bread of wheat, put it underneath the complete bread of salurin, and he should make a bracha. Amalei Mashimcha. They asked him, "What's your name? You who taught this teaching?" Amalei Shalman. He said, "My name is Shalman." Shalman is an interesting idea. Is that Solomon? No idea. Yeah. So he said, Amalei, so he responded, Shalom Atta, Vishlema Mishnah Secha. You are Shalom, and your teachings are complete. Shesamta Shalom, Bina Talmidim, because you place peace between the Talmidim, meaning to say that you made it Efshel Kaim Shneim, you could fill both opinions. Amir of Papa, the Papa says, Akum Modim be Pesach, Sheminiach Prusa Batech Shlema, Ubetzeya. Everyone agrees that on Pesach, you take one matzah, which is shalim, and underneath it you put a matzah which is broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Called, right? And there, what's the din? The betain, you make a bracha. My time, what's the reason you do this? It's called lechemaini. And therefore, because of that, we don't have a full, we don't have a full uh, lechemishnah. There's a machlikis in the piskin whether or not we do this. According to the gra, you just take one matzah, that's shalim, underneath it you have one matzah which is broken, and that's it. According to normative halacha, the, the rest of the world, besides the Gronics, 
you take a full matzah, and then you have a porus underneath it, and then you have a full matzah underneath that. Correct. The way that the Mishnah Guru says to do it is that you have the sandwich kilo, you make hamitzi, and then you drop the one underneath it, so you only have the shalim and the porus, and then you make alakilas matzah, like that. Because there it's on Lechemini, the mitzvah is on Lechemini, so if you have two shleimos, that's called, that's called being asher. Yeah. Yeah, seems pretty straightforward. That's the mission we're trying to accomplish, right? He's trying to get both. On Shabbos, a person has to make a bracha on two loaves. My time, what's the reason? Lechem Mishnah Ksiv. Lechem Mishnah is a Lechem Mishnah. The Mishnah is double. It's repetition. So a double portion. Therefore, you make on two chalas. Amr of Ashi. That's the Rabbana, yeah. Amr of Ashi. Chazina later of Kahana. I saw of Kahana. Then Nukit Tarti. He took both chalas. Ubatzachad. And he only cut one. Rebzira Havi Batsa Akula Sherusa. Rebzira. What he would do is he would cut the bread when he made hamitzi, but he would cut the bread. He would cut enough for himself that it would last the whole meal. He didn't have to ask for bread. No, can I have some more challah? Can I have some more challah? He cut a big fat wedge of challah. Shirusa is the meal. Akula shirusa, but akula shirusa. He would cut bread for the whole meal. As Amalei Ravina the Ravashi, so Ravina said to Ravashi, "Vakim eschazik Ravina He looks like he's got a fresser. It looks like he's pounding away. It doesn't look so nice. So Amalei, he said, came into Kol Yim Ka'ovid Hachi. Since he does that every, he doesn't do that every day. and he's only doing it now on Shabbos. He doesn't look like he's uh, doesn't look like he's pounding. It looks like it's. Uh, it doesn't look like a glutton. A pounder. Some of the guys a pound. He pounds a fresser. A fresser. I know I say a fresser in English. A fresser. A glutton. Yeah. No. Because now you see something that's different. You're not a fresher if you're doing something special. You're a fresher if you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're shoveling it in. In German, is an animal Yeah. yeah. When they would get bread that was used for an Eruv, they would make sure to make a bracha of Hamitzi. They said, since... You did one mitzvah with it. You made an eruv with this bread. So now it may mitzvah chrisa. We'll make it do another mitzvah with this, and we'll eat it for a suda. Then eruv again. An eruv has nothing to do with a string. An eruv is something called a bit of rishuyus that all of us in one area make a joint property, and the way we do that is by having a joint meal together. And we have a loaf of bread, or probably matzos, more likely that we have in a designated area, and that we all have rights to eat it, and that's our Eruv. In order to make it so that we're one property, we make something called a Tzuras HaPesach, so that way, it's somehow, and we mevatala Rishuyas to everyone else, and that's what technically allows us to view this as one domain. We have to need, we need the Tzuras HaPesach in order to make it like one domain. But the crux of it is that we have a bread, of an Eruv. The Eruv is called it's the, the bread, not the, the string. That we use to make it source of pesach. Is the eruv is something I need to carry. The, you need the combination. We can go through a hilchas eruv in a different time, but a, 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 a critical, critical part of the eruv is the fact that you have a bread. And they say hilchas eruv on the bread for the eruv, right? Only afterwards, like on out of it. 
No, they would, yeah, they would eat that bread from the Eruv, because yeah. once it was used for an Eruv, then they said, let's do another mitzvah with it. So you see the concept, no, this is, a, this is a benefit, there's a meila of once you perform the mitzvah with it, you should perform another mitzvah with it. Uh-huh. Is yeah. it like after Shabbos, you can eat it? Yes. Rashi is much more like that. Meaning to say as follows. If you, we know that there's a halacha that once you made hamitzi, so now, once you made hamitzi, it's also to speak until you went ahead and, and eat from it. So now there's certain things which are considered sarach achila, that even after you made the hamitzi, you're allowed to say them in order, and it won't be considered a hefsek that you need a new bracha. So, so here we have a case where a person made hamitzi, and there's more than one person there. So So if I say, I make hamotzi, and then I give you the bread, and I say, here, take, take, I made a blessing, take, I made a blessing, that's not considered a hefsik. We're both allowed to eat. Not a problem. Take, it's blessed. Take, it's blessed. It's a proof of bracha. Yeah? So even though you spoke, you don't need a new bracha. Now, if I say though, have melech, have lifton, but I say bring salt, bring a dip, then tzarech lavarech, that's considered a hefsik. That's a problem. That's according to Rav. But Rav Yechanan Amar, Rav Yechanan said, even if I say, bring me salt or bring me a dip, I don't have to make a new bracha. That's considered a necessary aspect of eating bread, and therefore it's not a hefsek. But if I say, but if I say, go give food to the animal, go give food to the animal, then I need to make a new bracha. What's the havamina? Because we know there's an iser for you to be kaveya suda before you feed your animals. So therefore, since I might think that it's necessary to feed the animals before I'm able to eat. So therefore, we say that even though you can ask for bread, for a dip, I'm sorry, or salt, you can't say feed the animals. That's Rav Yochanan's stance. Rav Sheshet says, Even if you'd say feed the animals, after I already made hamitzi, nonetheless, that doesn't constitute a hefsik. You're still allowed to eat afterwards. Why? Even though... It's forbidden for a person to eat before he gives food to his animal. How do we know? Because it says in the Pasuk, that I put food, grass in your fields for your animals, and only afterwards it says, then you ate and you're satiated.